0: Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. We have a great show coming up for you tonight. We're going to be talking about interdimensional phasing, and this is another audio only version of the Beyond the Shadows live stream show. We usually have a video live stream during the week. It had been on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel, YouTube channel, on Tuesday nights. Prior to that, it was on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. And we are moving platforms with that show off of YouTube onto another uh, site. And it's going to be a member only site. I have not yet released that information yet, so I'm not going to divulge it yet. It will be another week or two before we are ready to go on that platform. And so these are becoming audio only, which we're putting out to uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, of course, KGRA radio on kgradb.com on saturday nights at midnight and uh, we'll continue to put these out on audio as well like we have been for well a couple years now Uh, but the video live stream will be moving to another platform so be on the lookout for that coming within the next couple of weeks so uh, this episode of beyond the shadows is brought to you by a haunted road roast it helps you hunt ghosts that's our coffee you can find that out there at hauntedroadmedia.com and my website, MikeRicksecker.com. It is our own branded coffee uh, by Deadly Grounds. Uh, They're the roasters, and they've put out a Haunted Road roast version for us, and that's a Dark Vienna roast. Uh, Great stuff. I have it almost every morning. So what I want to start getting into first here before we get into interdimensional phasing, and really this is where the interdimensional phasing topic comes from, is I've just released, as I'm recording this uh, this evening, we're recording this the evening of January 21st, 2021, and I just released the second edition of my book, A Walk in the Shadows, today. Uh, A year ago today, the first edition came out, and so uh, we've (laughs) released a second edition of that just a year later. Uh, There's a lot more information in there and this is a complete guide to shadow people a walk in the shadows a complete guide to shadow people uh, it's received uh, great reviews uh, a lot of fantastic feedback um, I've been on a variety of different shows talking about uh, shadow people now and so this has been a very very popular topic and so over the course of the last year even though you know, there really weren't any conventions or, or speaking gigs or anything like that over the last year. I've still been uh, collecting stories from a, a variety of people from all over the world about their shadow experiences. Uh, I've had a lot of people approach me uh, continuously about who or what these shadow entities may be. And I've also been in the process of filming the Shadow Dimension docu-series. So I interviewed a, a number of other people uh, experts and well, experiencers in the paranormal field uh, who have had these experiences or have some insight to help tell the story about shadow people and what they may actually be. And there's a lot of different things that they could possibly be. We're not going to get into all of those uh, different like types of, of shadow entities and what have you uh, for this particular episode. I've done that on other episodes before, uh, but not this one. We're going to take it down a very specific route, like I said, interdimensional phasing. So we will be talking about the, uh, the idea that many of these shadow entities that we encounter are actually interdimensional beings. Uh, what I What I believe a true shadow person is, is an interdimensional being. And again, they can be a variety of different things uh, they could be a, well, you know, one that is actually very common is there a uh, a human spirit that can't fully manifest as an apparition? Uh, you know, it might be somebody's, you know Aunt Edna or Grandma Trudy or or what have you, uh, and not you know actually a interdimensional being. you know, people get very scared of of shadow entities. And I'm here to tell you that they are not all evil. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the the biggest misnomer. Uh, when it comes to shadow entities, people automatically think, you know, they're dark, they're shadowy, they must be evil, and yes, people do have negative encounters with shadow entities. They do happen. I'm not going to try to sit here and say that they don't, but uh, the idea that they're all evil is very dis- disingenuine. Uh, yes, there are some that are that are evil and nasty and nefarious. There are many that are rather benign, and you can't really say one way or the other, uh, whether they're Good or evil or what have you, and, and others that are actually rather benevolent. So uh, we're not going to be getting into all those things this evening, but I always like to try to clarify that because I think that's a, a huge misconception uh, when it comes to these entities. Some of them could be extraterrestrials, some of them could be, you know, astral projections or light beams or a lot of different things that they could possibly be. Uh, again, we're not getting into, into all that this evening or this morning, whenever you're listening to this. So, uh, real quick, though, I do want to get into uh, some different aspects uh, of the book, and we'll, we'll, you know, kind of slide this inter- into interdimensional phasing uh, as we go along. So, uh, you know, other features in this book, what's going on with A Walk in the Shadows, uh, the second edition. So, There are a lot of interviews that I've included, well, a handful, I guess I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, really, there's four (laughs) interviews that I've included from the Shadow Dimension docuseries. So for those that are not aware the Shadow Dimension docuseries, which will be coming out uh, this year, really in in a couple of months, uh, is basically my attempt to go to locations uh, around the United States that have had reported shadow activity and investigate that specific shadow activity, and to try to determine why it's occurring at that particular location. Now, I did this filming during 2020, during you know COVID and, and all of that, which we're still dealing with COVID. So it was very limited as far as you know resources, accessibility, and all those fantastic things. Uh, many of the interviews that were conducted for this, you know, had to do over Zoom, uh, but you know, I, I did get on location at the Conjuring House, which was fantastic. went back to Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. Uh, so I was able to hit some a uh, couple of fantastic locations and then interview some uh, amazing people for this docuseries. So uh, the four that I'm including uh, in this second edition are uh, Sam Baltrusus who's a paranormal author. Uh, he has some very interesting stories about his encounters with the hat man. And what's, what's really interesting about him is anytime he starts talking about the hat man, uh, he immediately starts having electronic failures and we had him on our other show, edge of the rabbit hole, where we, you know, we interview a variety of different guests and we had the problems. Then once he started talking about the hat man, when I interviewed him for the shadow dimension, started having problems once he started talking about the hat man. So it's really uh, fascinating how that keeps happening to him. Uh, I had Andrea Perrin uh, that I interviewed specifically about the Contrain house, because that was the house in which she uh, grew up or spent, the family spent 10 years there. She was the eldest of the family. And while they were living there, she ended up going off to college. So she didn't live there for 10 straight years. But uh, many of her siblings did, and her parents did, obviously, uh, but that is, you know, the movie The Conjuring, that's the house that the movie is based off of, and so I interviewed her about specific things about The Conjuring house, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, because she, um, her story ties into, when we get into interdimensional phasing, uh, her her story ties into that. I uh, also, uh, interviewed in including in uh, A Walk in the Shadows, uh, second edition, an interview with Johnny Enoch. He's a uh, fantastic esoteric researcher, um, probably seen him on, well, you may have seen him on Gaia, his channel's metaphysical source, uh, and he's been on all kinds of uh, podcasts and other shows. He was on the Alaska Triangle with me. So, um, yeah, very, very, Uh, learned man and uh, a good friend. You know, we kind of became fast friends uh, after being on the Alaska Triangle together. So, and uh, I'll be going to Egypt with him later this year, as long as, uh, you know, everything's still good to go with that, which uh, it it should be, because that's not until June. But in any case, so interviewed him because he's actually had um, some experiences with shadow entities, uh, even though that's not like the the main crux of, of what he does is more like esoteric research and lost knowledge and and things like that. But he has had these experiences as as well. And he has a really interesting perspective when we go down the route of these being interdimensional beings. So I've included, uh, that from him as well into this. Uh, and then the fourth one is from my edge of the rabbit hole co-host Victoria Monday. Uh, she's down there in the Houston, Texas area. She does uh, tours down there at uh, Old uh, Old Town Spring, uh, which is a historic Wild West town uh, that they've done a great job of, of uh, restoring. And, uh, the, you know, they do the paranormal investigations and all that down there. And she has, on a number of occasions, seen a... Uh, a shadow person there. actually, they see a number of different shadows uh, around uh, Old Town Spring. One of them is the uh, headless engineer. Uh, they're they're right along the the train around the train station was right there and what have you. And so she believes that she's made a connection with this uh, with this shadow entity, which is actually a human spirit. this particular one. Uh, There's a photo that she included along with that, which actually is not the Headless Engineer, but another uh, shadow entity that is seen around there. So um, some interesting perspective from her as well within that. Um, I also expanded on the uh, Shadow Animals chapter. Now that is a a section of the book that I get a lot of questions on whenever I get interviewed for uh shadow people shadow entities i always get asked are there shadow animals yes there are shadow animals so my friend rob gutro psychic medium uh, is also he also works in animal rescue he's also a meteorologist uh, that works at nasa so he's a lot of different things but um he has a uh very strong heart toward animals he and his husband both do and a couple of their uh, pets who passed appear to them as shadows. So he's included um, you know I asked him if he could include a nice section on shadow pets. So we've I've appended that to the uh, the shadow animals chapter of the book and I really appreciate Rob doing that. It's uh, some some very uh, amazing perspective and experiences that uh, that he's had with with shadow pets, uh, so yes, your your pets can be shadow entities as well, which is is not surprising, you know. And and we're not talking like hounds of hell or anything like that. We're we're talking about, you know, your your pet dog passes away, it it becomes spirit form, and sometimes it comes off as a shadow. And you know, one of Rob's experiences that he talks about is uh, one of the dogs that ended up being. Half apparition, half shadow, uh, which is absolutely amazing. You know, and I, I talk about my experience with the little girl apparition who morphed out of rolling black smoke at Mineral Springs Hotel, uh, and there were, you know, five of us there that that saw this little girl. Uh, so, you know, having another, you know, eyewitness account, although this time it's an animal, you know, of a uh, spirit being both shadow. And an apparition is just amazing to me that we need, you know, more accounts like that to to really support the idea that, yes, these, you know, a number of these uh, uh, shadows are just, you know, regular spirit form, whether human or or animal. So absolutely fascinating stuff. Um, I also included some other, uh, you know, world history snippets and, and really I kind of cleaned up a lot of, of the book and, um, you know, there weren't really, uh, errors in the book, but there, you know, some, the way some things were worded, uh, I, I wanted to go back and clean up and there was some personal stuff that I had included the first time around that I was like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of pull, uh, some of that stuff out. Um, especially since my personal life has kind of changed here over the last year, um, I also included some additional types of uh, legends and interdimensional beings. So I kind of threw out there uh, a little earlier, you know, like light beings, astral projections, uh, get into some different uh, entities, because I've been getting asked about these things like doppelgangers. I've been asked so much about doppelgangers over the last year, um, and and it really plays a lot into, I believe, when we talk about, especially with these shadows and entities, and, You know, really, when we get into interdimensional phasing here in a moment, it could really play into that as well. Um, Doppelgangers actually being some sort of of time slip and observing ourselves at another point in time. And you know, somebody on you know the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel on the doppelganger video that I put out there last year, just you know, not even a week ago, commented, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, you're telling me that these doppelgangers that we're seeing are actually ourselves." Yeah, not not the whole evil twin sort of thing and certainly not the celebrity lookalike stuff. Um, you know, we're talking about actually witnessing yourself at another moment in time and you cro- you're you crossing paths with yourselves. And some of the, uh, you know, stories that have come down through the ages and even uh, my friend Meg Fisher in her latest book, she just put out last year about her house that she grew up in as as a girl. She has a very interesting story she had it in there as a doppelganger story, but as I'm reading it, it's like, okay, yeah, it's sure it's a doppelganger story because it is a lookalike of your mother. But I really think it was her mother. So I've included other things within the book like that, uh, you know, doppelgangers and in other other entities, Wendigo. I've, I've added in there because I, I keep getting asked about these things. Uh, so let's get into this experience at the Conjuring House that. I have included in this book, additionally, now because this happened during filming of the docu series "The Shadow Dimension." Now, within "A Walk in the Shadows," a complete guide to shadow people, I do talk about the Conjuring House or the house on our, the house on Roundtop Farm is what the Heinzens, the current owners, are, are calling it. There's a lot that's in there. Um, Carl Johnson and I have been friends for about I don't know, a good 10 years now. He was, he and his brother Keith were the first ones to really investigate that house. The Warrens get all the credit, but it was Carl and Keith and others on their team, Pyro. Uh, the one woman's name was Donna, and I forget the, the others who were on the team, but they're the ones that introduced the Warrens to what we call the Conjuring House. It, there's, a, there's a bit of debate as to how they got into the mix. The Johnsons say that they were answering in uh, a call that came from Carolyn Perrin, that she had seen their ad in the paper, because they put a paper or an ad in the paper that they were, you know, uh, that they did paranormal investigations and they'd come to your house and you know, see what kind of activity you had going on, and try to give you some answers. So they had their ad in the paper. We're talking 1973, and they got a call from Carolyn to come out to the house. Well, Carolyn to this day says she never called anybody about what was going on at the house. Yes, there was plenty of paranormal activity going on at the house, but she maintains she never called anybody about it. And that uh, the pyro team, the Johnsons, and and the others. Just showed up on their doorstep one day, so it it's kind of a interesting tale, you know. Did did the house call the Johnsons to come out? And then after the initial investigation that the the Johnsons conducted, they went to one of the uh, you know kind of I guess kind of what happened in the Conjuring movie where they they show Carolyn going to uh, the Warrens at one of their their talks. Uh, to approach them about what happened, what was going on at the house. That's actually what, what the Johnsons did. They, they went to Ed and Lorraine, and they, they approached them about what was going on at the house. So then the Warrens came out. But all that aside, during that initial investigation, Carl witnessed rolling black smoke in the top floor of that house. Now, the way the house is set up, old-school old you know, we're talking. This house dates back to the 1700s, where you know there's there's no hallway. It's just the three rooms, boom, 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 all there at the top of the house, and they're each connected to, you know, by a door. So the middle room, if you if you are the kid sleeping in the middle of the room, you have to go through somebody else's bedroom to get to your room, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but that's that's the way things you know were set up back then. So, Carl from it was Andrea's room. I, I'll call it the room with the chalkboard because when you see photos of it, there's a chalkboard uh, against the one wall with the exterior window. Now, what's interesting about this house is there's an interior window, and that's it's very important as we get into the phasing part. There's an interior window. Obviously, it was, it was an exterior window at some point, and then you know, more of the house was added onto later. From that door that's right next to this interior window, from the room that has the exterior window and the chalkboard, Carl saw black smoke that billowed up and came rolling from that far room into the middle room and toward him. And this is one of the big things. When he was on, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago now, maybe two years ago, it's a little while now, Uh, when he and and keith were on ghost adventures that was uh one of the experiences that they were there to investigate was this shadow smoke now they apparently saw it when they were doing some some filming from the backyard they're doing the drone footage and they're walking up to the house you know being all dramatic and they actually saw the smoke in one of the windows uh andrea has experienced that smoke there as well and that's uh One of the stories that I've included there in the updated version, the second edition of A Walk in the Shadows is she had experienced the smoke in that room as well, where it actually started on the other side of the wall. Her room is the room with the chalkboard and the exterior window. I keep mentioning the exterior window for a specific reason, and we'll get to that in a moment, but that was her bedroom, and she would be doing homework. And she recounted an incident in which she saw the black smoke through that interior window, the interior one, and seeped down to the door. The door was closed at the time. And it came under the door and into her room, started to form up. And she said, no, you can't be here right now. I'm doing my homework. You need to go away. And it actually seeped back down under the door. And then she got all concerned because, you know, her, sisters were in that room. So many, many things that happened at uh, this household over the years. Now, when I investigated there with with Carl, well, and Keith was there for a little while as well to tell the story of, um, well, when they first investigated, their first investigation there in 1973, before the Warrens came out, uh, one of the things that happened was there was that exterior window that I've mentioned a few times now, and being that it was in the middle of the summer, it had swollen open it sounds weird, swollen open, not swollen shut, but the window had been raised up to allow you know airflow, but they couldn't get the thing to shut because the uh, humidity had swollen the wood and it was just, it was stuck there until it was going to cool off. Um, I guess Roger had been up there many times to try to pound the thing down. It wasn't moving. Uh, Keith, when he went up there, because, uh, you know, the girls were telling them about all kinds of things that, uh, you know, had happened in that room. Keith starts doing a, uh, a prayer in that room. Uh, Keith is very uh, religious he's he's a Christian. Uh, Carl walks a little bit more on the darker side so um, you know, both great guys I, I love them both to death, but uh, they're they're a little <laughs> they're a little different in that way. so uh, you know Keith starts saying you know some things in the name of Jesus and then all of a sudden that window boom slammed shut. Uh, so he was up there. Uh, this was back in September, into September, this uh, in 2020, and he's up there telling me the story of what happened with this window. And I'm, you know, I'm holding the camera, I'm film, filming. Uh, I did not have a camera person with me uh, at that at, for this particular one, uh, you know, just just with with COVID and trying to arrange and all that. It's just you know, we'll keep it as few people as possible. And uh, so I, I'm holding the camera, filming Keith. And as he's telling me the story, I'm getting very lightheaded and I'm, I'm near, I won't say right next to, but I'm near that interior window. They have a a little bed or cot set up there. Uh, This was again, basically Andrea's bedroom, the room with, with the chalkboard. Again, the chalkboard is going to be important here uh, very shortly. And as he's telling me the story, I'm getting very, very lightheaded being, you know, in this area where, you know, this is this is the area where the, the rolling black smoke had started. This is uh, the area where Andrea had witnessed the black smoke. I'm standing right in it. And I'm suddenly getting very lightheaded as Keith is telling me this story. And I can feel myself start to sway and I'm doing everything I can to try to keep, the camera steady. Fortunately, it's it's a nice camera that has a, a pretty good gimbal, uh, so it didn't really affect the, the footage all that much. Uh, but you know, it was like, oh man, I hope he I hope he finishes with this story soon because I, I need to sit down. And as soon as he finished telling the story, I handed him the camera and I'm like, Keith, take the camera. And I sat down, and and we have some of this uh, on film. And he's like, you know, what's, the, what's the matter, Mike? No, Keith, <laughs> not being a cameraman, he, he's, he's kind of pointing the camera off toward the, uh, the wall. So it's like, you see the corner of my head. It's, it's not good footage, but I, I do, I have included it in the, the shadow dimension docu-series because it is a live moment of, of me experiencing, um, you know, something that was going on there in that room. And, you know, that's, that's something that has happened to me on occasion when I start to feel that energy or some sort of supernatural paranormal activity going on is um, I, I will get lightheaded. Now, I'm, I'm one, I will never claim that I'm, I'm psychic. I will say I have uh, more going on than I give myself credit for. Uh, but I will, I will never sit there and say, oh, I'm, I'm a psychic medium or anything like that. I just, I, I, you might say HSP, highly sensitive person, that sort of thing. In any case, I've had experiences before where you know I walk into a room and I'm just like, oh, somebody's here, something's going on. You know, I can tell that there's um, you know some sort of spirit or entity in the room. Um, stone Line Inn in Guthrie, Oklahoma. I tell this story a lot because the one particular night, all kinds of things happened in that house. But uh, just doing a you know, basic uh, EMF sweep of the house. And I'm going through the library area, which was interesting because we would rarely ever get, uh, paranormal activity in that room. But all of a sudden, you know, the meter spikes out into the red and I feel this huge wave of energy rush over me. And I almost passed out right there in front of the fireplace. Fortunately, I didn't, but you know, I, I staggered back. I was like, Whoa, what in the world was that? it wasn't quite, you know, that um, heavy, it wasn't, you know, quite that forceful as that time in the stone Lion in, which would have been like 10 years ago now, uh, but it had enough going on there, enough energy that uh, I was starting, I was starting to feel it, I was starting to sway, I was like, I, I really need Keith to finish this, um, you know, or something. something bad is going to happen, and fortunately, he finished up and I was just like, thank you. Now I need to sit down, please hold this. And, uh, and so, you know, I caught my breath and Carl came up was like, Hey, what's going on? And, uh, so we kind of chatted about it for, for a little while. And then, uh, you know, Keith ended up having to go and, you know, Carl and I did the, uh, you know, the crux of the, uh, paranormal investigation. And, you know, it was, it was interesting in that area, and we focused the... There's all kinds of places to investigate in that house. It's a really good-sized uh, farmhouse, especially for the day. Now, they added on to it and added on to it and added on to it over the years. Uh, and, of course, the, the basement is very creepy. Uh, there's the old well down there. There's, you know, the, the woman down there would like to... Uh, tease Roger, and I guess, uh, Johnny Zaffis got, uh, teased down there as well, uh, when he'd been down there. But, um, so there's all kinds of places to investigate in that house. You know, there's, there are stories, uh, as well of the, um, you know, even in the dining room and parlor area of the, the time slips that, uh, Andrea's family had experienced there. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, in a moment because we we are gonna get a bit in, into time slips here as we get into interdimensional phasing. So Carla and I are investigating. We're in the middle room. Uh, we started from the room with the uh, with the chalkboard, Andrea's old bedroom, and we moved it into that middle room and as we're in that middle room, it starts getting gradually, darker, at least it appears to us that it's getting gradually darker, gradually darker, like a very kind of like slow fade. And, you know, I'm not talking about, Hey, it was getting, you know, darker out outside because that middle room, there's, there's no window. Uh, there's a, um, kind of like a, a quarter window, uh, against the one exterior wall, but it was covered up, so there's no light coming in other than the light that we have on, uh, and you know the 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 two other rooms, you know, are per, I guess maybe providing a little light, but not enough to actually light up the room. It was really the overhead light that was providing uh, the illumination for us. But it was gradually, little by little, little by little, getting darker, and. It got to the point where it's it's noticeable. It's like, man, it is, it's quite a bit darker now than it had been. And this went on for, for a little while. Once we decided we were done with the investigation in that room, boom, it lightened right back up. Right back up, it lightened. It's like, whoa, okay, that was interesting. But what was even more interesting was... I did a final photo sweep of the house. You know, we gotta, I got to post stuff on Instagram and Facebook and all that, right? You know, here's, here's the Conjuring house. That room, that middle room looking toward the room with the chalkboard that has the exterior window, this photo that I took, and if I was doing a live stream right now, I would show the photo. The photo is going to be showed, of course, in the Shadow Dimension docu-series. Uh, It's in the book, and I hope as it's printed, uh, it it won't look too dark, (laughs) because it is a little bit of a darker photo. But looking from that middle bedroom out toward the bedroom with the chalkboard, Andrea's old bedroom, everything... Is crystal clear up front in the middle bedroom, but when you get to that doorway and that interior window, that whole area, it it blurs. And somebody could, you know, probably try to say, "Well, you know, something, you know, something going on with the with the photo there, um, you know, or the camera." Well, yeah, but everything else in the photo is clear, but. Here's the thing is that the window, the exterior window in the other bedroom, in the bedroom with the chalkboard, physically, at that point when I took the photo, is behind the section of wall between the interior window and the doorway. It's behind that. From my angle that I'm taking the photo, you cannot see it. However, the exterior window shows up in the photo shifted over to the right. You can see it through the doorway. Shifted over to the right and is actually overlapping the chalkboard. That's why I keep talking about the chalkboard. That's why I keep mentioning the chalkboard, the chalkboard. Because basically this, this thing is it, it's a phase shift. It is a phase shift of this window. And really, that whole area there you can see is like shifting. It's 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 moving somehow, some way. And that window, the exterior window in that room is probably shifted over two and a half, three feet from where it is to somewhere else over the chalkboard. It's really fascinating what this photo actually captures. Now, Andrea affectionately calls this house a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse. And that's one of the things I was very specifically going there to try to capture. Yes, I'm, I'm there for the rolling black smoke. Absolutely. But to me, that's just a symptom of what is truly going on there. You know, if it is a portal, you know how are how are the portals activated? Where do they get their power from? Well, I've talked about this. I, I was on the Alaska Triangle talking about this. Uh, that you know, it's the the energy from the Earth's magnetic core welling up. This this is where we get our our vortices. It wells up into a vortex and it spawns off things like portals. Uh, it's what makes a lot of this interdimensional travel possible. Uh, these time slips. And I mentioned before the, uh, the time slip uh, or that the parent, <clears throat> excuse me, that the parent family has experienced time slips at this house. And where that happened was Andrea's mother was uh, in the parlor. Now, the way the house is set up today They have it set up as where the dining room was. They have it set up almost like a little living room. Uh, And there's a couple of little rooms. uh, Well, there's one room off that with two doorways that is now a little library, but that actually used to be the parents' bedroom. Uh, Roger and Carolyn would sleep in there, and they'd basically come out to the dining room. And there's another little breezeway that goes to the kitchen, which has its own little dinette area. Um, and then a bathroom and a pantry and the kitchen and all, all that. It's almost kind of its own little wing of the house through that doorway. There's also a stairway up there to one of the bedrooms upstairs. So from that dining room there, uh, which has its own fireplace, there's a larger doorway into what's the parlor. And knowing that there's this interior window, basically where this doorway is, this larger doorway Straight above it is that uh, second-floor doorway and interior window. Well, on one particular day, Carolyn's in the parlor, and she suddenly sees in the dining room area another family, and Andrea was, uh, was there at the time too, and she sees another family sitting in there at a table That's not theirs. Um, It's fascinating. I just included, uh, of course, this is going to be in uh, the Shadow Dimension docuseries, but I just included a piece of this interview with Andrea on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel on um, a video that I call Why Don't You See Shadow People? I include this uh, video snippet, this interview snippet with Andrea in there. So it's it's a sneak peek to the Shadow Dimension docuseries. And she tells this story about, you know, she sees the table. She sees men sitting at it with these pewter steins that, you know, predate the 1800s. She sees a a woman cooking over the hearth. The children are playing. You know, she's seeing all these different things. But then the men sitting at the table turn and look at them as if Carolyn and Andrea are the ghosts. Ghosts, I should say. So absolutely fascinating. So she's witnessing a time slip. Now, again, this is directly below where Carl saw the smoke, where Andrea saw the smoke, where I suddenly got lightheaded, where I caught this photograph of this phase shift. And so I'm calling this interdimensional phasing because I believe there's definitely something going on in this household uh, Portal activity, vortex, whatever, I mean, th- these are the definitions or the, the terms that I use because, again, of that uh, welling up of the Earth's uh, magnetic energy into a vortex, which would encompass a larger area. But it spawns off these different things like portals, like time slips, like this phasing that, uh, that I'm witnessing there in, in the photograph, and it's spawning off the black smoke. That, that Carl and Andrea had witnessed and others in the household uh, as well. Uh, so a lot of these things that we are experiencing you know, is certainly related to the ground, to the earth's energy, those telluric currents that run through the ground. Uh, this is you know, very similar to what we would, uh, would experience in say like the Bermuda Triangle, the Alaska Triangle, those, those different triangle areas of the world. Those are on a much bigger scale this is on a much a much smaller scale a uh, much more concentrated form of energy that's right there in this household that you know from top to bottom is right in that area absolutely fascinating now for this phasing so basically okay well, what do, what do we talk about when we use the term phasing i guess i should probably define this right so uh, really this is the the study of waveforms and communication signals and the the phasing refers to a displacement of uh, basically two signals that uh, that basically for lack of a better term are at different points in their cycle at a given time. so we use, like um like I have a, a couple of guitars, and you know the uh the effects that we use to you know to to create different sounds you know one of those things that we use is a phase shift, so um you know that's why it kind of sounds like you almost have two sounds going on at the same time when you've just played one right so uh, it's kind of that same sort of concept, but we're talking about it with two dimensions. So I've seen something similar to this before, although I wasn't a live participant when that happened. And what I mean is uh, years ago, when I used to live out in Oklahoma and and would do investigations with uh, with a team out there, We'd hit a lot of cemeteries and what have you, and we were out there at uh, a cemetery in Earlsboro, Oklahoma, one evening, and uh, the, the leader of the team that I was with at the time showed me this photograph of an earlier uh, excursion out to that cemetery at night, and we're standing in front of this very large bush that's encompassing this headstone which you know no big deal okay the the bush has grown up really tall and basically swallowed up the headstone though so you can kind of still see it in there a little bit but she shows me this interesting photograph of a previous time that they'd been out there in which it's it's a portal It's a portal into another dimension. It's very clearly a portal. What what it shows is there's this rod of energy toward the left side of the photograph. Basically, if you were to kind of look at the photograph from left to right, about a third of the way across the photo from the left, you see this rod of electric energy. Moving outward from that to the right, almost, it was very similar to What's going on in the photograph I took at the Conjuring House, where it kind of has this shifting and blurring effect. Um, But this had a lot more of this white energy associated with it. But what it ends up showing in the middle of this thing is like a doorway. I I say doorway, we don't really see a door, it's an opening over this bush (laughs) into what looks like somebody's sitting room and it's not like extremely detailed but there's enough where you can make out wait a minute that looks like a chair and an end table and you know maybe there's a little lamp there that sort of thing and then as it keeps going to the right it kind of blurs a little bit more and then fades out but it's like very clearly a doorway into another dimension. So um, it's this kind of shifting of one dimension to another, and you're catching a glimpse of another point in time. Now, what we were looking at in this photograph in, uh, in Earlsboro, again, I wasn't there when the photograph was taken. I tried to take like all kinds of photographs of that bush and headstone, try to capture that again. It just wasn't happening at that particular point in time, but what's being caught here are two moments in time occurring almost at the same moment. Now, with the Earlsboro photo, we don't know if that was past or future. I'm gonna... It, it's hard to say. I would guess future. I would I would hope nobody would desecrate the cemetery, but you never know. Cemeteries do get moved, um, or you know, if they're, you know, if they're not used anymore, they may just take down the headstones and build something else on top. I know you might think that's crazy, but uh, Jerseyville, Illinois, they took down the headstones, put a park on top of it, and then there's like way off in the back corner, a little monument to those that had been there, uh, you know, because they were the pioneers of the town. The graves are still there. Uh, This also happened uh, Denver has a very famous uh, park, which used to be a cemetery, and there, it's you know very, very haunted. So that one's pretty well known. So that sort of thing happens. It is possible, I suppose, that in the future that somebody could build houses on top of it. Um, I don't know. Is it a snapshot into the past? Well, I would have to do a little bit more research to see if possibly a house had previously stood on uh, that property before they put the cemetery there. That's, you know, those things happen too where, um, you know, it might be a house or a meeting hall or a church had been there and the building is no longer there, but the cemetery around it uh, remains and they start, you know, burying more people there. So it could be a snapshot or a window into the past as well. Very hard to tell from that. With what happened at the Conjuring house, it it didn't get to that point in this photograph. Um, I would say it was probably in the process of getting there, or maybe it was calming down because we'd already been having those experiences at that house where You know, I had felt lightheaded up there. You know, the room was getting darker, those sorts of things. So it could have been calming down or amping up. It wasn't to the point where I'm getting a full-fledged portal, looking into uh, another point in time uh, upstairs. But it was certainly starting to shift that way. We're we're getting, you know, my beliefs of the way time works, space-time, you know, all Time happening concurrently at a location, past, present, future. And at some point, the reason why we see uh, some, I won't say all, but the reason why we see some of these various apparitions and what have you is because two moments in time are resonating at the same frequency together where you can see past or future from your present and they'll see you as well. And you hear about, you know, like, I was just talking about with the parent family that those ghosts saw them as the ghosts. So while Carolyn and Andrea were witnessing a moment in the past, those people from the past were witnessing a moment in the future. So it's almost like a a form of time travel. We call it a time slip because you're not actually traveling. Well, in some ways, you actually are traveling, but we basically call that a, a time slip. So that was, what was on the, uh, the brink of what was going on upstairs, where two moments in time, and I don't know if it was the past or the future that was starting to come through, but it was starting to have that shift. So that was a, a, a phase shift of two, either two moments in time or another dimension, which is why I you know, call it uh, interdimensional phasing. And they're starting to shift a little bit. They're starting to, you know, another moment here, starting to resonate on uh, the same frequency as the one that I was on. And it started to come through. Now, I didn't see it with my eyes at that moment, but the camera caught it. What I, what we caught with our eyes earlier had been the darkening. Or when I was in there, I mean, you never know, maybe I would have eventually seen it with my eyes, but it was certainly affecting me physically where I was starting to feel lightheaded and I had to sit down and take a breather for a little bit. So, so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about interdimensional phasing. It's something we're going to get deeper into um, when you know, we get more into uh, the Shadow Dimension docu-series, when I get into more of my uh, topics with the Connected Universe, certainly the Shadow Dimension book uh, that will be coming out it'll probably be next year. This year I had, of course, I've been talking about it the whole show, A uh, Walk in the Shadows second edition, which just came out, and then uh, I'll also be releasing a book on the Alaska Triangle, which talks about a lot of these things as well. You know, a lot of these, you know, the, the vortices, the portals, uh, interdimensional travel, so uh, interdimensional phasing will be in there as well. I do mention it's a book on Alaska. And I talk about this incident that happened in Earlsboro, uh, cause it's a very relevant to the conversation of what's going on up there in Alaska. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, that that's what you do is, <laughs> you know, you're talking about something that's going on in one place, but you need to relate it to other locations as well. And so, you know, uh, it's very, very relevant, what happened there, uh, in that cemetery to things that, uh, we were experiencing in Alaska. Certainly what we experienced at the conjuring house, uh, you know, the differences between those photos, um, you know, really there's, there's, there's not, except for the fact that the, the Earlsboro one had that, you know, electric rod and you could see some significant detail through that opening where that photo at the conjuring house was like starting to get there. I mean, it shifted that entire window, uh, you know, about three feet. And again, it was behind that, that partition of the wall. Uh, you know, that, that wall that's there, it was like wall, window, wall, doorway, wall. And behind the one piece of wall between the door and, or between the window and the doorway. Would have been that exterior window in the other room, but it was shifted uh, about two and a half, three feet to the right. Uh, absolutely fascinating, and so that's included in *A Walk in the Shadows*, uh, the second edition, which is out now. Of course, you can find that uh, Amazon and uh, what my website, <laughs> MikeRicksecker.com. Uh Barnes and Noble should pick up the newer edition here in the next couple days usually it takes them a few days after the uh the amazon release so we should see that out there soon as well and uh, of course that'll be featured in the shadow dimension docuseries interdimensional phasing something yeah we'll definitely be talking more about here in the coming weeks months and years we're just we're just getting started here in uh all things with the connected universe um, the shadow entities is uh you know a big a big part of that now but is really just the tip of the iceberg of where we are going with all this so i appreciate you tuning in to be on the shadows i'm mike ricksecker till next time